been singing that wrong all along. It should go like this. Father, open up our hearts today. Help us to be keenly aware that you're near unto us today. God, we're not begging you to come. You're already here. We're not begging you to do something in our life. You've already done it all. It's a finished work of Calvary. We just come today as your children to receive what you've already done for us in the finished work. And so today, God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We're not beggars, but we're children. We're not slaves, but we're sons and daughters. We have a relationship. We're in covenant with you. And we come through that covenant name of Jesus Christ. We declare today that the kingdom of God has come unto us. And we are establishing your kingdom in the earth your praise and glory for it today in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, give him the ovation of the morning. talking about this uh, awakening and, and uh, the spirit of God and God is moving and ministering and 
I just believe that things are lining up, not, not the stars, not the blood moons, <laughs> amen, but things are lining up in the spirit for an awakening. I thank God for revivals. I've been a part of some, and I thank God for revivals. But revivals only last a year to four years, but awakening lasts somewhere between 30 and 50 years. And I believe that the awakening is not something that happens in a church, but awakening is something that happens in a nation. It happens in a world. It happens beyond the four walls of a building. But it comes to a place where that that everything experiences the presence of God. Amen. How many know it's beyond time? It's beyond time for there to be an awakening. Amen. And we can put it off on a lot of things. uh, But how about that little kid preacher last Sunday? We put it off on another generation don't want God. That's the reason I brought him here. I wanted you to see the hunger in that generation. Amen. I wanted you to see the passion in their hearts. Because there is a group of young people that are rising up that are not going to settle for mediocrity and the mundane. We have a generation that is rising up. So we can't put it off on that any longer. We have to understand that it's the church's responsibility to awaken. Amen. So the Lord has been, uh, you know, I try my best to give you some strong word every Sunday. And, and, but last, last week I talked to you just from my heart. If you'll indulge me today, I want to do the same and just give you a glimpse of my own study time and devotion because the Lord has had me in the book of Isaiah for these weeks now and uh, seeing the parallels between Israel and the church of today. If you didn't know any better, you would think that Israel or Isaiah was writing about this modern day church. And so I want to look at some of those things today and speak on some of those things today and and just see what God will do for us. Isaiah chapter 36, uh, in this text you will find that uh, there are two kings. There is the king of Judah, which is Hezekiah. There is the king of Assyria. And Egypt... uh, The king of Syria comes, and in verse 5 through 7, the king of Syria starts uh, spending a lot of time trying to discredit Hezekiah. Uh, And Hezekiah's reason for hope. And then he tells them things like this. He says, Egypt is a, a splintered reed. And he said, if you're leaning on Egypt, he said, you put your hand on it and it will pierce you. Whenever you lean on it, he said, if you are leaning on the God of Hezekiah, he said, the Lord God has removed all the other altars and is starting, uh, starts trying to make a deal with them saying, we'll give you 2000 horses if you'll put 2000 men on them and ride with us. And so that's the way the enemy always works. He tries to discredit the word of God. He de- tries to discredit the, the servant of the Lord. And, and, and then he begins to try to make a deal with you that if you will just come over to our side, we'll give you horses. If you'll just come over to our side, we'll make it modern, we'll, we'll give you houses, we'll give you cars, we'll give you money. We give you, we give you all of these things, and then he goes on there in verse number eleven, and in verse number eleven he speaks to us there, and says, and then he said to them, I pray thee unto thy servants in the uh, Syrian, speak to them in the Syrian language, for he 
for we understand it and speak not in to us in the Jewish language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. He's saying here, you're speaking a different language. You're speaking in the Aramaic and, and not the Hebrew. How many know today that there are two languages in this world? There's a language of the world that is speaking. And there is a language that the church is speaking. And the world doesn't understand our language. Verse 14, it said, thus say, it says the king, let Hezekiah, don't let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord and say the Lord surely will deliver us. This city shall not uh, be delivered into the hand of the king of Syria. He said, don't listen to him. Don't believe what he has been telling you. Because you see, the world system wants to speak into your life and tell you that church is not important. That a relationship with God is not really necessary. It is, uh, it is something that is for the weak-minded. It is something for people that, that just cannot get it done themselves. And so it's that, he said that, he talked about Egypt, said it was that splintered reed. And so he's saying all of these things he is speaking about and he's saying you're talking in a language that they don't understand. You're talking in a language. He said speak to us in our language. And the world system today doesn't see anything wrong with pornography. The world system today doesn't see nothing wrong with uh, people having sex outside of marriage. The world system today doesn't see anything wrong with their immoral ways. So when we begin to speak of marriage, we begin to speak of morality, and we begin to speak of righteousness, it is a foreign language to them. They do not comprehend, they do not understand what we speak because it is so foreign to them. But you see, they, they'll tell us there's nothing wrong with killing babies. They don't understand why we pray. They don't understand our moral standard that, that it is like we are weird in the world in which we live. I'm not that old, but I remember whenever, if you didn't go to church, you were weird. Amen. Even, even lost folk would find their way to the house of God on Sunday morning because they reverenced and had a fear for the Lord. They may not be serving him, but they had a fear for the Lord. I remember one individual that was in our uh, family and close to our home and, and he didn't go to church. And, and I thought that was weird because he was about the only one I, did, I knew that didn't go to church. The enemy insists on you, you uh, think feeling weird with your worship. You don't, don't take all of that. You don't have to worship like that. You don't have to get emotional. You don't have to do this and you don't have to do that. And so you're weird if you have an expression of gratitude toward God. And so now the church has become silent. And the enemy insists on speaking his language. And the reason why the enemy insisted on speaking his language is because he was trying to put fear in Judah. He was speaking a language that would put fear in the people's hearts and cause them to turn on their leader and change camps and come over and be a part of Assyria's army instead of Judah's army. Can you see that? 
So he begins to speak intentionally a language that that put fear in their heart. He said, if you're looking at Egypt, they aren't going to be able to help you. He said, if you're looking to your God, said, just remember there isn't nobody that has ever stood up against Syria and won. We've always destroyed our enemy. We've always annihilated them. And so if you think that your God is going to give you victory over Assyria, you need to think again. He speaks these different, this different language to bring doubt, to bring fear, to bring fa- think of failure, to have produce unbelief in their hearts. And this is the language of hell. But we choose to speak the language of heaven. We choose to speak of love. We choose to speak of hope. We choose to speak of joy. We choose to praise our God even in times of distress because we know that he is an everlasting God. We know that his name is above every name. In fact, he was given the name El Elyon, the most high God, because there is nobody or nothing that is above his name. And so while the enemy will speak into your life to try to discredit and try to get rid of the word of God over your life, because he understands that if he is going to destroy the body of Christ, then he has to discredit the word in which it was built upon. And so if he can get doubt in your mind and fear in your heart and begin to doubt the word of God that this, uh, the kingdom of God has been established on, then he can begin to discredit in your mind and in your heart that God is able to do a thing. And so therefore you begin to put your trust in yourself. You put your trust in other things instead of the name of the Lord. But I want you to understand today that God is still on his his throne. I want you to understand today that God watches over his word and hastens to perform it. And so when we put our trust in his name and we put trust in his word, he will bring it to pass. Amen. And, but we, we get all caught up and, and I know some of you look at me kind of weird when I tell you I don't watch much TV and all of that. I'm not suggesting to you that, that you shouldn't do that. I'm just telling you today that, that they feed you a lot of junk. What happened to the day whenever they had, you know, Walter Conkright sit behind the desk and just tell the news and not what they thought was going on. Whatever happened to the day when it was real and not their, the opinions of people of what is real. You see, the media will cause you to believe that, that good is bad and bad is good. And so we have to guard our hearts. You see, uh, they, they had made Israel out to, uh, when we look at what is going on in our nation today, in the media today, uh, you, they make Israel out to be the villain. And Hamas is some kind of God. ICE, you heard of them? They're killing Christians all over Iraq and Syria, cutting their heads off, putting them on a post. That's a demonic spirit. Normal people don't go around cutting babies' heads off and not have any remorse. That's a demonic spirit that's got a hold of them. And it's running across, as I understand it, running across that nation and going toward Baghdad. I want to tell you today that they're speaking a different language. I got a text on Friday seeing a report that, that the president, our president, has blocked the shipment of missiles into Russia or into Israel. Where is God in all of this? Where is the God that's high and lifted up in his trained fields? Where is the God of love? Where is the God of mercy? Where is the God of peace and grace in all of this? I submit to you, he's the same place he was when Stephen was being stoned to death. He is standing at the right hand of the Father. 
And he is looking and listening for a voice in the earth that will cry for him to come. If there is no desire for him, then there will be no manifestation of him. But whenever his people begin to cry out, we've heard it for a long time, haven't we? I mean, we've heard it until it just becomes words. But if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. You see, prayer is calling on the heart of God. Prayer is seeking God, petitioning God to come into the circumstance, the situation, to move on our behalf. And so we, he is waiting for that cry of the church to arise and say, God, we can't do this without you. We've tried by ourselves. We've tried with our wisdom. We've tried with our intellect. We've tried with our strength and with our ability. And we've got a mess on our hands. And it don't take a spiritual giant to figure this out. I told Friday night that I seen and I kept a picture of it. Somebody put on Facebook where Will Smith said America is a moral mess and somebody needs to change this thing. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. I know he's a movie star and he's begging for somebody to stand up. We'll show it sometime. The mayor of Huntington has made a desperate plea for the church to come together, not wanting our money, wanting the church to do what we should be doing all along. A mayor has to make a call for us to pray. I don't know him, but I can only tell you that it seems that he is sincere in what he is saying. It seems that he is legit in what he is asking. It seems as almost really that he's broken and saying that, that we've done everything, all of our resources, all of our efforts, and they have failed. And he said that, that they say there isn't a silver bullet, but he said, I refuse to believe that. He said, if the churches would come together, we could break this thing that is destroying our city. Where is God? He's waiting on us to deny ourselves, take up the cross, follow him. He's waiting on us to call him on him. Verse 18, he continues to put Hezekiah down saying, you have, have you ever seen anyone a win against Syria, Assyria? The king of Syria has them where he wants them because you see, we, he has them demobilized and he has them off track. He has them demobilized and he has them off track. They're now listening to his words. How many know there's power in words? There's life and there's death in the power of the tongue. Not just for good, but also for evil. Not just for blessing, but also for cursing. And so it is that, that these words are being spoken into the atmosphere and Judah is just sitting there taking all of this in. They're hearing all of these things that is being spoken over them. And verse 21 is here's where I want to get. I want you to see this today. Here's why, where the enemy is winning the fight. But they held their peace. They held their peace. And they answered him not a word. For the king's command was do not answer him. They held their peace. The people remained silent and said nothing to this voice that was speaking 
into the atmosphere. Put down their God. Put down the leader. Discredited everything that they had been taught about God being a deliverer. And Judah said nothing. Allowed everything that they believed in to be spoken against. And Judah said nothing. Here is the American church's problem. And that is to remain silent is to agree with what is being said. If I tell you, Jimmy, that's a red shirt you've got on, and you say nothing, your shirt is red. If I say to you, Nathaniel, you're stupid, you'll never amount to anything, you can't do anything, and you don't say a word, those words will come alive in you. And we have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And the church is silent. Where is the voice? We hear the voice of politicians. We hear the voice of Hollywood. We hear the voice of the media. We hear the voice of gay agenda. We hear the voice, all many voices, many voices. That are coming forth. But where is the voice of the church? Where is the voice of heaven? In a day when the kingdom of God is so desperately in need of the voice of God in the earth. The people of his kingdom have become deaf and dumb. And just like Israel in verses 36 and 37, we have been become silent to the threats of a system that says God is dead. We have become deaf and we cannot hear the heart of the father. And the fear of the ungodly system has caused us to be dumb, to be mute, to refuse to speak. Whenever we are living in a time that silence is not an option. Silence is not an option. The king is calling for a remnant to arise and open your mouth. The king is crying out and saying, I've done all that I can do in the earth and now I need a voice. Now I need a people that aren't afraid of their own uh, uh, identity. Because the reality is when we, we gave our heart to Christ, if I read the scripture right, that we don't have an identity anymore. Because it's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And so I don't have an identity to uphold, but it's he and his work, his desire that must take place. The world system is roaring so loudly that we cannot hear the sounds of heaven. I submit to you that we need to do whatever needs to be done to shut off the sound of this worldly system until we can hear clearly the sound of heaven again. Until we can hear the sound of the Father. Amen. When you are deaf, you cannot hear the Father's heart. Most deaf people, if they have been born deaf, they neither can they speak. We're deaf and we cannot hear the times of prayer, what the Father is doing. And it causes us to be dumb because if you cannot hear the Father's heart, then you cannot speak the Father's heart. We cannot speak, we are dumb. 
and we still, we, we will not speak. No one wants to speak in the school. No one wants to speak to government and say, we aren't going to live by those ungodly rules. No one wants to speak because we may look like we're the odd one out. But I want you to understand today that God is looking for somebody that'll speak. He's looking for somebody that in the silence of this modern day church that will rise up and declare, thus saith the Lord. He's looking for a people. And if he can find a people that will touch his heart, he will give us the boldness to stand and proclaim in the midst of a perverse and wicked world that thus saith the Lord, call me strange, call me weird, point to me and say I'm crazy, but I'm going to speak the word of the Lord until heaven becomes into the earth. I'm going to speak the heart of the Father until there is a manifestation of the power and the anointing of God that will change a nation, that will shake a world. You see, there is no hope for America outside of a great awakening. And there will not be a great awakening until we hear the heart of the Father. And when we hear the heart of the Father, it will resonate and be real in our heart and we will not be able to stand it but to speak what he has said to us. Do you know there's seven, mount, there's seven mountains that develop culture, right? We all aware of that. There's seven mountains that develop culture. And those seven of those, those cultured mountains, each one of them are controlled by less than 3% of the population. 3% of the population dictate to us what we're going to do. 3% Tell us what's right and what's wrong. 3%, we allow 3% to determine to us what's popular. What's in fad, what's, what's going on, what's down. I don't know the fly, hop, spit, I don't know. But we let 3% tell us what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to look like, how we're supposed to spend our money. 3%. And out of that 3%, they're very ungodly. And somehow we've backed up as the church. We used to set the stage for those seven mountains. But we backed up off of it. And when we backed up off of it, the world took control of it. God has not raised us up and saved us and purchased us with the price of his son for us to set in a church and be dumb. He hasn't saved us so the church could be mute. And the world system wants to flood our minds and flood a generation and flood our political system and flood our educational system and flood the systems of this world with their, their sickness and with their deranged voice and their speaking of a different language. And it's time for the church to quit being silent. I said it's time. It's time. It's time to come to sackcloth and ashes. It's time to seek the face of God. It's time to pray. It's time to fast. It's time to call on the name of the Lord and get this, this spiritual wicked wax out of our ears until we can hear clearly the voice of heaven again and begin to speak with some authority. You know why we don't speak with authority? Because we're not sure. We're not sure. We've allowed the voices to speak so long that we don't even believe this book anymore. We don't believe it. If we believed it, we would speak it with authority. If we believed it, we would say, thus saith the Lord in the midst of the enemy. Not when things are going good always. 
But sometimes in the face of darkness, we would speak the word of the Lord. I want, I want to show you something today. I want to show you something today. I want to show you a verse that has haunted me for many years. I want to show it to you today. I want to show you what, what a mute church produced. I want to show you what a deaf church, a dumb church, what a silent people when all the enemy's voices were rushing in, refused to speak, I want to show you what it produced. Verse 30, or chapter 37 and verse number 3. And then they said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blaspheme. For the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. He goes on in the verse, chap, verse number four. He said, therefore, lift up your prayers for the remnant that is left. I haven't come to talk to everybody today, but I've come looking for a remnant. Because, because I believe, I believe, I don't think, I believe. I didn't just come up with it yesterday. I've been pondering it for some months now. And I believe that the only real hope for America is a great awakening. But the thing that haunts me is this scripture. That they came to the place of birthing. And did not have the strength to push forth. My concern is for us today. I don't have a national platform. But I have a platform. And so my concern is for America. But I speak to the tabernacle today. Do we have the strength to give birth to a revival that will break forth into a great awakening? Do we have strength to bring forth, give birth to what God has for us in this last hour, for this region, for this generation, for our families? Or have we run all of this way only to grow weary and faint when the time of birthing has come and say we cannot bring it forth? We cannot give birth to what we've been praying for, what we hope for, what we believe for. Isaiah said, this is a day of disgrace. We've worked so hard. We fought the fight. We've sacrificed. We did all that we needed to do. And now we come to the time of birthing and we have no strength left. Why did they not have any strength? Because they allowed the enemy to speak into their life until it discredited their work, their belief in God. It discredited the word of God. It discredited the leadership of God. And now they have nothing to believe in. And because of that, now they come to the birthing place and no strength to bring forth. We've come all of this way and now we don't have strength to give birth to sons and daughters we've come all of this way and now we don't have strength to bring revival and a move of God to our region all of these promises that are inside of us and a generation that is dying on the inside of us but do we have the strength to bring forth a generation that is dying. Everything, the promises of God over our life, the promises of God in his word, the promises of God over this region, they're, they're inside of us and they're travailing and they're waiting and they're seeking for a, a, a people that'll speak because you see, he said, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What is loosed in on heaven shall be loosed in earth. What he is saying is, if I can find me somebody in the earth that'll dare to believe with 
with me what I have intended in heaven and begin to declare it in the earth. He said, I will bring it to pass. Amen. All of this dying because people would not speak. I don't, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. I'm too, too big to fight. I don't like to say things about different ministries. I, I've got, I take on the theory of this. If they be for us, they're not against us. But whenever they don't have the backbone to stand up, I don't know if they're with me or not. And we've got preachers on world platforms that whenever asked, is Jesus the only way, they can't speak. They're mute. They're dumb. They can't talk. I I don't know. Uh, That's up to God. Well, listen, dummy, get in the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I mean, you don't have to be real spiritual. You don't even have to be a preacher. All you got to do is read. the. You don't have to say it. Jesus said it. Then we got other preachers, you know, the only one, only person that's preaching the true gospel. The true gospel is them, him, and his family. And the church of God and the assemblies of God and everybody else is on their way to hell and they're a bunch of heathens. Why don't we quit fighting one another and start speaking the word of God and declare the promises of God and say, you're not my enemy. You're not my enemy. But there is an adversary that is still trading and speaking into this earth that we can no longer be silent, but we've got to rise up and we've got to declare the word of the Lord and say, thus saith the Lord. Amen. I refuse to be dumb. I refuse to be be, uh, speechless any longer but I'm going to give voice I may have a weak voice but I'm going to give voice I'm going to speak the word of the Lord and the promises of God because you see wherever we wither back wherever we draw back the enemy will take over and we've got to have some people today that will rise up and begin to speak we need people in the school we need people in the workplace we need some people in government amen Uh, we need them today that they can speak the word of the Lord and get this nation back to a place that we're calling on God again and we believe that our sons and daughters will be saved. We are believing God that another generation will not die and go to hell. We're believing that this region will, we prophesy over this region and say it will not be bound by drugs and addiction any longer. We declare that poverty will not reign in our city and in our region. We declare that the kingdom of God has come unto us and we will be the kingdom minded people that will establish the kingdom of God in the earth we're not waiting to heaven to get healed but we're going to get healed right now we're not going to wait to get to heaven to get joy we're going to walk in joy right now because the kingdom of God has come and we refuse to be silent we refuse to be silent Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 tells us this, for the earnest expectation of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Don't get caught up on gender there. Son is talking about relationship. We've got to grow up because babies can't speak. I said, babies can't speak. Babies can't speak. So we've got to grow up into maturity to become the sons. Huh? Is that what it says? That we shall become. We've got to grow. We've got to mature. We've got to develop so we can speak what is on daddy's heart. 
This world, I've already told you, the mayor, and I know I've said it a couple of times this weekend, but it's touched me. This world is waiting for the manifestation. Well, pastor, I don't know how we can do anything with such wicked people in authority. Well, let me remind you of something. In the Bible, the king did not make the rule. The prophet did. The king just carried out what the prophet said. Huh? You remember when, oh, Jezebel and Ahab were up there? (laughs) And that little prophet went over there, pointed his uh, little finger in his nose and said, listen here, king, it ain't going to rain till I say it's going to rain. Huh? So why have we bowed our God down to the rule of a government? Why have we submitted to a government and said whatever government says, that's as high as we can go. That's the level. That's the highest it'll go. No, God's word and his promises over our life is the limit. And he is speaking for us. He is waiting for us to manifest into this maturity to become the sons and the daughters of God so we can speak. What will it take for you to speak? What will it take for you not to listen to the voices that are being filtrated into your mind, into your heart, into your life? What will it take for you to not, to not listen to it any longer and remain silent, but for you to get up and begin to declare what God is saying? The sad thing is, is I don't know what it's going to take. We've had terrorist attacks. We've got Christians being killed. You think you had a bad day? Somebody just gave their life because they wouldn't renounce Christ. What will it take? For you to say, get a Popeye spirit on you. And say, I done stands all I can stands and I ain't going to stand anymore. What's it going to take for you to say, I'm not going to listen to this mess. I'm not just going to sit here and take it any longer. But I'm going to get up and I'm going to begin to read the word. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to hear speak what I hear in prayer. I'm going to declare the word of God over my life, over my children, over my family, over my finances, over my workplace, over my home, over this region. I'm going to declare the word. What's it going to take for us to stand up? We had 9-11 and people run in for three weeks. Greatest uh, reported church attendance in history since the Great Depression. And three weeks later, they believed, but they didn't belong. Watch this. Watch this. I'm, I'm finishing. Come help me stop. Watch this. Hezekiah is king of Judah. Judah is praise. The king of Syria shut up their praise. And when he shut up the praise, he could get the job done he wanted to do. I can tell you how to come out of that depression, ma'am. I can tell you how to overcome that addiction, sir. When the enemy starts putting all of this in your mouth, all of this in your mind, and all of this in your heart, and starts pushing on you, if you don't open your mouth, you will be overcome. You've got to give God a praise when you don't feel like praising. 
You've got to come up out of that thing and don't you dare be silent. Don't you dare allow the enemy to speak over your life and tell you what your fate is and tell you how it's going to end. You rise up and you begin to bless the Lord. David commanded his soul. He said, soul, bless the Lord. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Sometimes you may, your day may be so dark and your situation may be so difficult that you can't see any reason around you to bless him, any reason to open your mouth. But when you can't see anything around you to praise him for, look inside of you and tell your soul to begin to bless the Lord. Begin to praise his name because we've got to have strength. We've come to the birthing place. We've come to the place to bring forth revival. We've come to the place to bring forth the miracles of God and signs and wonders. And we will set a generation free. This generation will not go to hell bound, but in the name of Jesus, we will set them free. Amen. We will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We We will cast out devils in the name of Jesus. We will open blind eyes. We will open deaf ears. We will save the lost. Why? Because we have been born for such a time as this. I said we were born for such a time as this. This is our hour, church. This is our moment. This is our time. And we must praise him and give him glory in this hour. And when we do, Every word of God is going to come true over your life. Every promise of God will come to pass in the midst of your praise. Don't you dare remain silent when your enemy is pushing on you. Rise up. Rise up and begin to declare the decree the Lord has spoken over you. Rise up and bless his name. Because we've come to the place of birthing. Get this and I'm done. Go ahead and stand. Every promise of God that is over your life will only come to pass through your praise. Every promise of God over your life will only come to pass through your praise. Praise is the birth canal for your promise. And if you will praise him, your promise will come forth. But if you refuse to praise him, your promise will die at the place of birthing. I don't know about you, but I want to open my mouth. I don't know about you, but I want to hear the Father's heart. So I can speak with clarity and with authority into the atmosphere, the promise of God, the word of God, and the heart of the Father. Father, I pray over this wonderful congregation today. God, I pray that you would touch our hearts, that you would open our ears that we would not be deaf so that we will not remain dumb that we will remain not remain mute but we will speak what is on your heart